Have you retreated a bit to cope with the extra demands during this pandemic? Are you less connected with those around you? Do you want to feel a bit more connected? Yeah, me too. Welcome to Team Up, a podcast where we talk about team-based primary care in British Columbia. I'm Sarah, a medical anthropologist and team member in the Innovation Support Unit in the Department of Family Practice at the University of British Columbia. And I'm Morgan, a family doctor and also a team member in the Innovation Support Unit. So Sarah, you and the ISU have recently been running a workshop with the members of the BC Team-Based Care Advisory Committee, and in that you've been exploring system resilience. Yes, and, and this was part of the ISU's primary care system resilience learning cycle. So a rapid research project focused on this idea of system resilience. And we, you know, we spoke to people, we did a bunch of kind of background uh, scans of the literature to really pull out some key learnings and priorities around resilience. And then that all came into the workshop where the TBC advisory members engaged in thinking about different activities that might support and be useful for primary care. It was tricky. We heard a lot about you know the ways that our primary care system right now is is really strained people are tired it's hard to ask people to think about about more and you know to be offering a resilience workshop over lunch was tricky yeah i mean i don't want to ask people to do more either and yet we had pretty good turnout for that workshop and also if we don't try to adapt we're going to be doing more of the same and be more strained over time and i think that we're at a point now where people have realized this, right? There's this understanding that everyone's been working to max capacity for a long time and that something needs to change. So people were open to us asking what could be done to support system resilience in, a, in different ways. And we asked the group not only to think about new ideas that might support resilience, but also to kind of rank them in different ways. And there were tons of good ideas, really important ones, and, and many that were hard to change or hard to implement. At least from where we sit. Right. I mean, as the ISU, we don't don't have a lot of, of control over things. But those big system changes uh, are being discussed at, at multiple tables in different places in BC and all over, I'm sure. And, you know, there were three ideas that really stood out for us that we wanted to share on TeamUp. Yes. And these are ones that we thought people listening could choose to act on. So if you want to improve communication and, and therefore help with resilience in your team, you could try uh, one of these that came up in our learning cycle. So the first is to make space for non-work discussions. The second is really to clarify kind of team roles and strengths or interests. And then the third one is taking time to recognize each other in the team. And we've intentionally selected these three to share today because they're all that smaller size. They're all relatively easy to try. Given where we are right now, we know that we can really only handle small changes. And each of these small changes can help improve team communication. Yes. And each of these can help us as a team. And by doing even one of these, we'll know each other a little bit better. We'll be able to empathize across the team a little bit better and therefore support each other a little bit more. And then all of that helps to build the team up and build our adaptive capacity. Okay, so on to the first idea, making space for non-work-related communication within your team. Sarah, it's really easy to skip that informal connection and get pulled into work, especially you know when you're busy and you're feeling a bit stressed. Or if you're working you know, at different times or you're not co-located. Yeah, or you see your day sheet and you've got 40 or more patients booked. <laughs> or if something happens and you're running behind. Hey, I, I, I never run behind. Right, no doctor is ever late. But seriously, with the intensity of the level of demands right now, sometimes there really aren't other options. Yeah, that's a fair point. People are just 
trying to make some personal space for themselves. And doing things like showing up a little bit late gives them just that little bit of time to eat or have a bio break or, or take some deep breaths. I, I, get, I get that. Yeah, and, and many of us connect well when we have the capacity and when we work in the same space. But when things change or we're distributed, we have fewer of those casual conversation opportunities for points of connection. And the way primary care is being set up in teams, there is a bit more of that non-co-located distributed team. You know, sometimes out of sight means out of mind, right? And then sometimes Zoom is too formal for people to have that casual conversation. So we just kind of skip it. Sarah, you do a really good job in our group, which is totally distributed, keeping us connected. How have you made that work? You know, what we've done is we have daily check-ins. Well, we do these as part of our day to help team members flag places where they might want to collaborate. A big part of the value of our check-ins is the social time that we have at the beginning of each check-in typically about 10 minutes. And really it's about creating those opportunities to just ask, you know, how was last night? Anything new that you're looking forward to, to get a little bit of a sense of what's going on in people's lives outside of the screen. I thought about it before, thinking like scheduling time to be chatty from 9.30 to 9.38 every morning. It doesn't feel like it works for me, but our check-ins do. It's sort of, we've managed to build it into our culture and people look forward to just having that 10 or 15 minutes at the beginning of the day. And it's worked really well. And, you know, when you're feeling stretched, it's, it's often the kind of informal chats that get cut out just to make the space yeah. to get through what we need to get through. And I know so many times I've thought, oh, like we don't have time to do a round of introductions in this meeting. We really need to use the hour. And then we take five minutes to do something at the beginning in a different kind of way and just realize that it changes the whole space. It changes the whole environment and it creates those opportunities for connection. In healthcare, we're well-trained to, in the urgent moment, in the emergent moment, to buckle down and just get to, to doing the work. It's a super important skill. It doesn't work long-term. Let's talk about some ideas to connect if you're not co-located. In the last TeamBit episode, I suggested speed dating, giving team members some prompting questions and then having short five-minute dyad conversations. Virtually, this can be done in breakout rooms, and it creates the space to have those hallway conversations that can otherwise be lost. The, these only sometimes work, and it takes a little bit for people to get comfortable. I would say it's better with a team that's already a little bit established. And a lot of people feel that these are cumbersome and not as good as in-person hallway conversation. Yeah, I mean, they, they aren't, especially if you're in a mixed environment where some people are co-located and others aren't. That makes it a little harder, too. If you're introverted and, and not co-located, it can be really hard to chat about personal things, either when other people are there before or after a meeting. Yeah, it can be feeling like a bit of a fishbowl. Think about calling someone. That gets forgotten a lot right now, I think. Calling or texting to connect can really be a, a great way to reach out. Yeah, and I think audio is more casual. You don't have to worry about where you are and all that stuff. And it's something we're used to, right? We pick up the phone for, for years. I know that I forgot to do that a lot when I was working at a distance and doing video conferencing, telehealth with my patients and hours on Zoom. I think it's worthwhile just to remember to do that if, you're, if you've been forgetting to do that. Uh, having that unagended time to just chat. The other way to do it is maybe set up a, a group call. If, again, if you're not co-located, just to have that open mic to chat at the end of the day while you're catching up paperwork and stuff. And we found the kind of group channels for social or, or team communication so valuable. Absolutely. And people set up different group chats to stay connected just with texting. You know, often this is with a wider group of, of colleagues or friends, not necessarily your, your core team. And that's how a Dr. Terry Aldred has done it. She's an Indigenous family doctor, and she's found group chat 
really helpful to stay connected more broadly. Doctors in various parts of my life have different chat groups. And so that's been kind of nice to be able to kind of still keep connected, but it's not like another meeting. But this works for teams too. You can build a group chat for your team. So the idea here is to make a chat for your team that's just for fun and social topics and encourages its users to be connected in a different way. So we do that in the ISU with Slack. It, it doesn't have to be Slack, but we've got our, our own channel for fun and social things. And that keeps us connected, sharing activities that, you know, from our lives and our family. <laughs> things like movies watched, different kind of traditions or holidays, funny transcription er errors, the blog opera website, pictures of birthday cakes, lo lots of baby pictures. We really like those. Absolutely. It's really just a great way to do that little bit of connection. And if you haven't done that, that's an easy thing to start to do. Uh, the other idea we wanted to encourage people to think about is creating a new or restarting an old team ritual. Tea time is a great one um, that used to happen in one of the practices that I worked in. And it was just a time when people all agreed to, to have a cup of tea. And we may or may not be able to sit down and drink the cup of tea together during the day, but at least we all sort of paused to get a cup each and come together. And it just creates a bit of a common space and a, a pause in a busy day. You know, it doesn't have to be a long break, but we suggest that it be scheduled. Otherwise, it won't happen. People can always miss it if it doesn't fit into their day. But if you have that regularly scheduled connection point, that can be really valuable. Yeah, and it's not a requirement, but it's just there and it's regular. So th these are all ideas about making a bit more routine as a team that isn't tied directly to work. And it's about, you know, taking those few minutes to just be, be humans being together. And I think that's really important. So the next idea we want to talk about is a bit more team development, and it's about clarifying roles and activities on the team. So knowing each other's scope and roles certainly helps with working together. And talking about this is key to understanding not just what you do, but, but what you like to do and what each team member likes to do. And, you know, it kind of feels like we're always talking about, about team mapping. We've designed it to be easy to set up and run either in person or online. We'll put links to um, some of the resources in the show notes as well. And if you want us to share more about team mapping on the podcast, please let us know. The other idea that's related, though, is to just take a bite out of this and look at specific tasks and, and talk together about what you can do. Here's the takeaway for today. Talk amongst the team about clarifying one specific task for each person in the, in the team in the office. Get buy-in first across the team to do this. And then everybody thinks about and talks about one thing that they want to have more clarity around that they're going to take that task. Share the ideas. And these can be clinical, they can be non-clinical. Get that idea of what people want to do and then share them around so people engage in the conversation. And then as a group, empower each person to take that one task on. So by doing this, you're working together on how you want to work together. And once you've made that decision, try it for a week, try it for two weeks, and then come back and just talk about it. How did that work? Did it did it help? Does, you know, does it want to make a shift? Did you want to adopt that permanently? It's a very small way of just sort of trying this out. And you can, you can do it more than once if it works. Morgan, I love this kind of mini approach as a test. And small change means that it has two benefits. First, you're working together on how you want to work together. And second, if the change is something that someone has identified that they want to do more of, that's going to make them happier in the workplace. And thirdly, if it results in improvement, everyone has a benefit. It's one of these things that has an ongoing benefit, like you said, it's a change, but then it builds a little bit of capacity, a 
across the team going forward. And if this mini approach works, then you can think about maybe doing a, a bigger, more fulsome process with your team, like team mapping, something that involves a patient-centered approach to really rethinking how you're going to work together. Our third idea for this episode is to make a conscious effort to recognize each other as people, recognize the events in our lives and the roles we hold outside of work. This really came out in the workshop and in the resilience learning cycle. And Bruno from the ISU has really focused on this idea of, of recognition and acknowledgement. I think the power of recognition makes them feel that they are not alone, makes them feel that they are part of something big that is health and that it's a valuable thing. And it's important across a team. We heard uh, about people experiencing how the lack of recognition can be hard, especially after the last 20 months. And recognition can happen from multiple levels, from society generally, from healthcare system, from the community, from colleagues, and from patients. A big part of this, of course, is tied to funding and engagement in decision-making processes at the system level, but that's not what we want to focus on today. No, no, we want to focus on recognizing each other within our teams. Yes, and in our own teams, we can recognize each other, and it can be simple. And really, it can kind of lead to this sort of virtuous cycle. If everyone is encouraged to take time to recognize each other's contributions, you really get kind of a run-on positive reinforcing effect from this. I love this idea. And it's related to the idea of micro-gratitudes, which, as, as a bit of a spoiler, will be coming up in, in one of our team bits. But here are three quick ideas. The first way is to recognize each other as people. And this kind of is a bonus one because it's part of our first idea, encouraging people to bring their whole selves to the team. This means you get to share in kind of exciting things that might be happening in people's lives and also be there for support when life gets challenging. The second one is, is more specific and it's about recognizing individual activities and results of what people might have done. And the, the third idea is recognizing the team, what you all accomplish together. And so all these can be done in different ways. It can be verbally, it can be a one-on-one, -on -one, it can be verbally as a team, it can be written in an email or on a kudos board if you want to put one of those up. Likely you'll choose different ways for different kinds of recognition, but that's great. So these three ideas start to lay the foundations for communication and working together, and it further builds a culture of support in your team. So Sarah, I keep thinking about a colleague of ours who acknowledged that their only activity for self-resilience was just to be late to meetings so that they can go to the bathroom. And now, if you're in that kind of mindset right now, please don't feel like you need to take on anything bigger than you can handle. And it's important to acknowledge that right now things are hard. But yeah. if you can, do try something that'll sustain you and your team. Start by making space to connect about non-work. That'll rejuvenate you and the team. Even if you can only take a few minutes, it'll help. Yeah, and doing that intentionally, even just the intention makes makes a difference. We encourage you to think about the ideas and talk with your team about which one might be the best fit. And then try it out. And as always, we hope these ideas are helpful. That's, that's our goal. If you'd like to help us give guidance or questions, please do. We love to incorporate feedback from anyone who's listening and, and we'll adapt and bring that into Team Up. And we now have two ways for you to connect with us over email or if you want to drop us a voice message and both of the links are in the show notes. You'll be seeing more episodes on resilience coming out soon. Thanks for listening. Talk to you in the next one. Bye.